What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Southside Stories. My name is Jess. I'm your host. I give all praise and glory to God for making this podcast happen. The purpose of the podcast is to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart, and I truly appreciate you for taking the time to listen. Family, service, and the Jubilee Dress. Many of you may know this type of family because there are some, but not many. I'm speaking about the family with the open doors, the house where everybody hung out. Med's address on Green Street was a safe place for kids. His parents' home provided me a great service by keeping me away from the street corners, and maybe some of the other kids may have felt the same way. My father made it very clear and simple for me. He said, if I see you out there again, meaning on the corner with my my friends, I'm going to beat you like a man. I clearly understood. He said, beat you and not fight you. So I expeditiously sought new friends. During recess, I looked at guys that I liked playing with, guys who were athletes and who were fun. Med was my top choice. He was a very good athlete and he made me, he made me laugh. He made everybody laugh. So he and I talked and, and agreed that I could come over and hang out sometime. The guys were sitting on Med's porch steps laughing and talking when I got there. He introduced me, and we picked teams, and we played football in the street. His mom, Mrs. G, kept a watchful eye on her seven and their friends, ensuring that they didn't run through her house. The Gathing Seven were Ahmed, the oldest, Anita, Billy, Janice, I called two, Julia, they called Oogie, Karen, they called KK, and the youngest, Crystal. Mr. and Mrs. Gathering were very much like my parents. Good, kind, loving, and firm. No nonsense with Mr. G. Over time, they became John and Aline and many other endearing names. Men and I found it ironic when our fathers met. They knew each other years before we became friends. They played checkers at the barbershop. Men's house was only five minutes away from mine if I ran, and that was important because I was on street light curfew. An old friend, Wood, Norwood Robinson, now lived very near Med. Wood and I played on the same Little League league team, and we knew each other from hanging on the corner. He made hanging out on Green Street easy. The Gathings were a musical family. Ned played piano and saxophone, Anita played piano and clarinet, and Billy played bassoon. Karen, who helped me with this story, she became an excellent singer in her own right. She told me that Billy came up with this idea to help the family when they sang to remember their parts. Each sang while holding a small rolled up newspaper. The person who messed up got hit with the paper. 
She said men got hit a lot. I'm just saying. Now, fast forward 60 years later. Mid and I are still hanging out. Now, by way of text, a regular phone call, group calls, a group call which included Ed, Ed Johnson, Norwood, Norwood Robinson, Daryl Henderson, Daryl, and my friend Teddy Green in California. And we just generally uh, got together just to, to check in and stay updated. And, and occasionally we talked a little smack, just a little bit. Then they asked me about my sister. How's she doing? I said, Pat's fine. They're like brother and sister too. It makes me smile hearing her playfully call him, Army Med, Army Med. He said, I'll give her a call. Med's an odd person in a very good way, as some of my friends as well. His Med's personal goal or his personal goal is to make you smile. Here's a true story. One night, I'm waiting for Med to to call me because we're we're going somewhere and he's late. Turns out he was robbed. And while at gunpoint, Med continues to talk to the robber. Bottom line, the robber decides to give Med back his money, his wallet, that he had just taken from Med. Med then refuses it and tells him to keep it. I said, why'd you do that? He said, he needed it more than I did. I can only imagine that conversation. And I often wondered, are they friends today? (laughs) Uh, I'm also positive that for the 40 years of serving vets at the VA, VA hospital, that when people saw him moving through the halls, he put smiles on their faces. His side job was retrieving organs from human donors, and he specialized in in eyes. And that's to prove that he wasn't the village idiot panhandling for a smile. But he could elicit a smile from the, in the strangest way, like. The time he asked me, you know what they call me around the job? I said, no. What do they call you? He said, ghoulishly with a smile. They call me Cut. (laughs) I said, oh boy. I asked him about his family. Med's report was... All's well, and ironically, both Karen and and Kay, Karen and Anita 
had doctor's appointments that day. I told him I'd give him a call. Enjoying my talk with Anita, I happened to say, God will provide. And suddenly she started to beautifully sing those words. Anita's mesmerizing voice is powerfully angelic, soft and gentle. And it made me curious. I asked her a question. And then another question. And soon it sounded like an interview. But with each of her answers, I realized I didn't know her. Oh no, her sweet, tender, and most peaceful personality hadn't changed. But her responses pointed to a very accomplished person that I didn't know. I was about 15 and she's several years younger than me. I stopped to listen as she sang and practiced the piano. She noticed me and stopped and we talked. Her dad, John, was an educated musician and he loved jazz. He was influential to all of us learning to love jazz too. I mentioned to Anita that I heard a jazz piece that I liked, and she said, what is it? I told her, Cast Your Fate to the Wind by Vince Guaraldi. Oh, I know that song, she said, and proceeded to perform what sounded like to my ears a mini concert, and it blew me away. She didn't just play the melody and the chorus symphonically and stuff like that, but then she started enchantingly humming the song, the, the words, the, the song, and it left me without words. I asked her many times to play that song for me, and she did. After talking with Anita, I checked in on KK. And after we laughed a bit, our conversation turned to Anita and, and, and I asked her to tell me about her. What had I missed? KK started naming names of great musicians, stopping at Stevie Wonder. And I was alarmed and shocked when she, when she mentioned Stevie Wonder. Then she said, Bose, Anita is a genius. Oh, she doesn't get the acclaim nor the recognition that she truly deserves, but she is every bit of a musical genius. Then she began to sound off on some of Anita's accomplishments, being a Fist Jubilee singer, saying that if you ask anyone associated with a church or a church choir in the Chicago or the Indiana area, they knew Anita. She conducted a a choir of 200 voices. She can sing any style, any genre of music from opera, hymns, gospel to whatever. Plus, she's a great musical teacher. She's taught children to adults. Karen said, Anita taught me to sing. After speaking with KK, I was determined to know more about Anita. This person I've known all my life, yet I didn't know. Her brother Billy would send me a text, seeming to gush with, with joy, boasting all the superlatives of his sister's academic achievement. She's, 
She's who's who of American high school. She played B-flat and bass clarinet. She's part of the 96 through 100 year Fist Jubilee Singers. And she's extremely well-rounded. Folks, I'm in a group text with some friends who seem to still believe that they can make it big in vaudeville. Yep, I said vaudeville. The Meddy, Eddie, and Teddy show. Sadly, their jokes aren't funny and their material is as old as they are. But you can't tell them that they're not funny. Ed, the contrarian, who, like Mid and Teddy, are odd, but in a good way. But I guess, in a good way, we are all odd. So I asked my friends who Anita Gaffin Green is. I got them on a group call, and I asked them, who is Anita? Right off, Wood said, her voice moves me. Ed laughingly asked, why don't you call her and ask her? Knowing my good friend's personality, I should have been prepared for his response. His question halted me. Did I have Call her again and ask her more questions for what? To satisfy my curiosity? Nah. But then after some thought, I knew I had to take Ed's advice and ask her. Besides, I wanted to know the truth about something I heard when we, when we were kids. So I called her. And she was very cordial as she usually is. Then I asked, Anita, is it true that you were offered an opportunity to join one of my favorite singing groups, Blood, Sweat, and Tears? She said, yes, it's true. But I had to decline, she said. My daddy didn't want me traveling on the road with a band at such a young age. I was struggling trying to link an idea for a story to Anita's story. So I asked her about God. And she said, oh, I love the Lord with all my heart. Then I asked, what does service mean to you? It brings me joy. I realized that in pursuit of wanting to know more, our conversation became an interview. I thought by asking her a leading question, it would help her give me information that I felt would make a story. She surprised me after I asked her, do you feel your greatest accomplishment was leading the 200 voice mass choir? It sounds difficult. I mean, how difficult was that? Oh no. She replied quickly. I mean, she said, that was pretty easy. And I was stunned. Then she said, without hesitation, my greatest accomplishment was becoming a Jubilee singer. 
in high school. I always wanted to be a Jubilee singer. It became my goal. So, folks, the Jubilee Singers are a a world-renowned college choir. They were established in 1871 to help earn money for Fisk College. The following year, in 1872, they sang in the White House for President Ulysses S. Grant. Quietly, I said, Anita, Med told me the Leontine Price told you that you had perfect pitch. Is that true? She said, yes, that's true. She did. And then she said, that's the highlight of my life. I asked her, how'd you meet her? She said the Jubilee Singers were opening for her and afterwards they talked. Perfect pitch is the epitome of musical language. It says she sings flawlessly. It means that she didn't need a reference pitch to sing a musical note. Her voice was the reference pitch for other voices and instruments. Leontine Price is the first black soprano opera singer to receive countless awards and international acclaim. Then Anita told me her own Cinderella story. She said, I became a Jubilee singer by default. What? What do you mean? I asked. She said, I was an alternate singer in the Jubilee Choir. At one of our performances, one of the girls could not fit into her performance dress, but it fit me perfectly. And I became a Jubilee singer. And I remain a Jubilee singer until I graduated, she said very proudly. More now in awe of her, I asked, have you ever sang in a group? She said, oh yes. I sang with the Voices of Hope Children's Choir. I Googled them later, and that's another while. Then she said, I also sang with the Ecclesiastes Community Choir. We sang back up to earth, wind, and fire when they were on the road. What? The earth, wind, and fire? She said, yep. Philip Bailey and Maurice White. A giant among us. See, it was just a few days ago I had this notion to write another podcast. I had no idea I wanted to write a, a, what I wanted to write about. I just knew I wanted to write. I just figured it's about time for another story. Now, what I know about writing podcasts is this. God puts these stories on my heart to tell. It's not me who comes up with them. It is only through asking God for his guidance and and now learning to patiently wait for the story he wants to be told. See, I had this idea 
that on I had no idea better than merely checking in on my dear friend Anita that it would lead to a story. This story. I was perplexed because I had an idea for a different story, but it didn't coincide with the story I wanted to tell about Anita. Because Anita's was definitely a story. So that night, my prayers included asking God's guidance. The next morning, when I awoke, I had the story I would tell. I had I had to learn to be patient. See, I started to see that the story that I was going to tell wasn't going to end the way I thought it would end. It needed time to be revealed. My thoughts when I woke up were with my late, great, and dear friend, Carl Warlick. Rest in peace, Carl. He would often ask, what does service mean to you? Which is what I asked Anita. In one of our discussions while riding together, Carl explained service like this. He said, the joy when providing service, doing something for others, was like giving a gift at Christmas. The happiness the person experiences when receiving the gift of service was far less in comparison to the exhilaration the giver, the person doing the service, receives by giving the gift of service. I now understand what people mean when they say, I'm giving back what was so freely given to me. Being a believer of Jesus Christ and his greatest sacrifice to me was giving his own life so I might live. Dr. Martin Luther King said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Can we all be great? Let's all be great. Augmandino says, always, always render more and better service that is expected of you, no matter what your task may be. Dr. Francis DeSellis, Father Francis DeSellis. I don't know why I want to keep calling him a doctor. He probably was. But Father Francis DeSellis says, there's nothing small in the service of God. Aaron Sorkin says, don't ever forget that you are a citizen of this world. And there are things that you can do to lift the human spirit. Things that are easy. Things that are free. Things that you can do every day civility, respect, kindness, character. Kellum Anji Reddy said, everyone has a purpose in life and a unique talent to give to others. And when we blend this unique talent with the service to others, we experience the ecstasy and the exaltation of our spirit, which is the ultimate goal of goals. Thank you, John, 
Aline, Ahmed, Anita, Billy, Janice, Julia, Karen, and Crystal Gathing for your gift of service to me and my family. Rest in peace, Crystal Gathing. Rest in peace, Julia Ugi Gathing Smith. Well, that's all I got, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode because I enjoy sharing it with you. So until the next time, I wish you peace and love. Please be safe. Later.